well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, we're talking about some infringements today. Mm-hmm. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer signing a uh, red flag law uh, into law, I guess a red flag bill into law, on uh, Monday. The law will uh, take effect here in a few months, but uh, there's already warnings from Michigan's attorney general to uh, county sheriffs. You better enforce this law. If not, uh, we'll find somebody who will. Yeah, we'll get to that in just one second. Before we do, however, when you make choices about where to put your hard-earned dollars, you know you're supporting not only the company that made the product, but the values and the principles of that organization. It's easier to flip a switch against a company when they blatantly conflict with your values. But do you make an effort to do business with the companies that support what you believe when you can? Well, do yourself a favor and give Defender Ammunition a shot. These guys are veteran-owned and operated, and every person on their staff is military-connected. They are huge supporters of the military community, backing causes that are actually making a difference in the lives of those that have served. In fact, the profits from all of their logoed gear goes directly to the charities that they back. This company is one to support. Their ammo is top-notch. Their customer service is fantastic. One of their shipping department writes handwritten thank you notes to their customers. So give these guys a try. They've thrown us a promo code to use through the end of May. That code is BEARINGARMS, B-E-A-R-I-N-G-A-R-M-S. Good for 5% off your order. Trust me, once you give these guys a try, you won't be going anywhere else. Check them out at DefenderAmmunition.com. So let's talk about what's going on in Michigan here uh, where the... uh, Headlines, Michigan governor signs red flag gun law as questions linger over enforcement. Yeah, because a number of counties, more than half of the state actually, has declared itself to be Second Amendment sanctuaries uh, to one degree or another, right? I mean, as we've talked about before, sanctuary language varies from community to community. There, There is no uh, one template for Second Amendment sanctuary language. And a lot of these resolutions that are offered are symbolic in nature. Um, some of them actually have a little bit more teeth or at least a little bit more utility, uh, in terms of, uh, making sure that unconstitutional gun control laws are not being enforced in these communities. So the new red flag law, which I do expect, by the way, will be challenged in court, uh, allows not only police and prosecutors to petition the courts for an extreme risk protection order, uh, but a laundry list of individuals, so family members, mental health professionals, roommates, former dating partners, can petition a judge to remove firearms from those that they believe pose an imminent threat to themselves or others. Now, under this ex parte hearing, a judge would have 24 hours to decide on a protective order uh, after a request has been filed. The subject of that petition, not a part of that initial hearing. Uh, If that petition is granted, then the judge then has 14 days to set a hearing during which the subject of the petition would have to prove that they do not pose a significant danger or risk. An order would last one year. So unlike, again, a court of uh, criminal law where you are innocent until proven guilty, Under Michigan's red flag statute, you're basically presumed dangerous unless you can prove otherwise. And again, at that initial hearing, you're not even present to give your side of the story. 
So, yeah, there are grave due process concerns here. Again, like most red flag laws across the country, there's no evaluation from a mental health professional as to somebody's dangerousness. Uh, Michigan's civil commitment law does not come into play here. This is not a mental health bill. This does nothing to address somebody's mental health. Even after a judge has said, well, you know what, I think uh, Cam's a danger to himself or others, there's no help offered. Certainly none that is mandated. And certainly nothing provided to the subject of that petition. They may have to show that they've received treatment if they want to get their guns back, but otherwise, now nah, they're free and clear to do as they want, uh, you know, with knives and pills and rope and gasoline and matches. They just won't have access to any legally owned firearms. Again, I, I think red flag laws are not only unconstitutional, but they are utterly inadequate at actually addressing dangerous individuals, those who, who pose a threat to themselves or others. Because again, it says nothing to help the individual. It just takes away any legally owned firearms and considers the problem solved. But I'm not the only one who objects to these things. As I mentioned, there are a lot of counties around Michigan where you've had uh, county commissioners or even sheriffs come out and say, yeah, 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 I I'm, not, I'm not into this. And uh, I don't plan on using this. Well, yesterday, Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel had a, uh, I, you know, this was described by the Associated Press as sort of like a word of warning uh, to these sheriffs, but not really. Um, here's Nessel's comment. For those who are in law enforcement who refuse to enforce these important orders, let me say this loudly and clearly. I will make certain that we, uh, that I find someone with jurisdiction who will enforce these orders. Okay. So, in other words, she's not saying, uh, you know what, I'm coming for you, sheriffs. You must obey this. I, no, she's saying, if you won't do it, I'll, I'll find somebody who will. Presumably the Michigan State Police. Um, which, by the way, raises another question. You know, in New York, Governor Kathy Hochul, after the Buffalo shooting, mandated that the New York State Police utilize the state's red flag law Basically, at every given opportunity. Uh, and the police union for the New York State Police has recently come out and said, <clears throat> this is getting in the way of us conducting criminal investigations. We are now doing so many of these red flag laws, we've run out of room to store all of the guns. Uh, and by the way, we are you know, going to court so often, we are showing up here, we're doing all of these steps that we are at risk of not being able to go after violent criminals. Do investigations into, you know, child sex trafficking, things of that nature. That's the priority that Kathy Hochul put in place for the red flag laws, and it is coming with a cost. You've also, by the way, in New York, had two judges declare the red flag law statute to be unconstitutional, although the New York State Supreme Court has yet to weigh in. So the idea that this is just some sort of uh, unfettered benefit to the general public is absolutely asinine. Even if you like the idea of red flaws in theory, and I don't, but even if you do, <laughs> you got to understand the fine print here. You got to understand how these things work in practice. When you've got a finite number of law enforcement officers, finite number of prosecutors, finite number of judges, and you make red flag laws a priority, you are ignoring real crimes that have already been committed in order to try to stop a potential crime from taking place. Um. I Again, I don't think that's a worthy cost benefit, uh, and I certainly don't think it's constitutional. 
when you are depriving people of a fundamental right, again, based on not a criminal conviction, uh, but based on one judge's assessment of somebody's mental health, both before they're present and, again, when they're there, but the deck is stacked against them because they are dangerous until they prove themselves otherwise. So what about the county reaction here? Because this is where it's going to get interesting. Uh, last week, we actually had another county in Michigan adopt Second Amendment sanctuary language, Eaton County, uh, last Thursday, by a vote of eight to seven, established Eaton County as a, quote, place of refuge for constitutional rights, specifically the Second Amendment right to bear arms. Uh, the resolution strongly encourages the county sheriff and prosecuting attorney to use their, quote, utmost discretion in enforcing gun control statutes that they identify as contrary to the rights afforded by the U.S. and Michigan constitutions, including red flag legislation. Commissioner uh, Brian Drosha, a Republican, uh, said in introducing the resolution, what we're doing with this red flag stuff is saying that you're guilty until proven innocent. And that's not the way our United States works. And by the way, he's exactly right about that. Well, again, with the presumption of dangerousness that you must disprove completely flips the idea of innocent until proven guilty on its head. Now, the uh, Second Amendment sanctuary measure says that the board will not appropriate any funding or hire new employees for the, quote, sole purpose of enforcing gun control laws. Uh, all of the Republicans approved of this. All of the Democrats on the uh, county board rejected this language. Um, now, as one uh, local newspaper noted, uh, and this was from the uh, Lansing State Journal, the resolution, again, does not require either the sheriff or the prosecutor to not enforce any specific laws. It encourages them to use their discretion. Um, and again, that discretion is afforded to every law enforcement officer around the country, not just when it comes to Second Amendment issues, but virtually every law in the books. In the state of Virginia, for example, uh, go back a few years now. Now, back in 2021, the General Assembly uh, legalized marijuana possession. Uh, no retail sales, but you can possess you know, personal amounts of uh, marijuana. You can grow like four plants. But even before the General Assembly passed that law, back when it was still just virtually illegal to possess marijuana, a lot of prosecutors, particularly in Northern Virginia, Richmond, Virginia Beach area, said we're not going to bring any charges against anybody. So if local police makes arrest, that's on them, but we're not going to charge anyone with that offense. It was their discretion to do so, to decide what laws they were going to prioritize enforcing, given the, again, finite amount of resources uh, at their disposal. And those prosecutors chose not to prosecute for personal possession of marijuana. If you got caught with fentanyl, they'd still go after that. If you got caught with meth, still go after that. But if you were carrying around a you know dime bag of weed, they weren't going to make that into a criminal case. By the way, I didn't hear the left object to this. Sanctuary city policies, sanctuary state policies like California that say, listen, we're not going to cooperate with the federal government in enforcing federal immigration law. If the federal government wants to enforce federal immigration law, then it can do so itself, but we're not going to be a party to it. Okay. Same thing applies to gun control laws. 
localities and even states can say, we're not going to help you enforce these federal laws. If you want to do it, you do it on your own, but we're not going to lift a finger or spend a penny to help you. And that's fine. Again, the left has been doing this for decades. We've got this same sort of policy in place, this wink and nod policy. Yeah, you know, we're going to use our discretion when it comes to federal marijuana laws. I I mentioned what's going on in the state of Virginia, but federally, possession of marijuana is still illegal. And yet over 20 states have passed laws legalizing it at the state level. They're not cooperating with the federal government in enforcement of federal marijuana laws for the most part. And again, this isn't some constitutional crisis. But when it comes to our right to keep and bear arms, holy moly. Oh, all of a sudden, it's a whole different animal here, right? Uh, yeah, including uh, one of these Democrats who said uh, that Eden uh, said uh, if Eden County is declaring itself a haven for constitutional rights, it must follow the separation of powers that would invalidate the resolution. Later saying that the resolution is a little bit of embarrassment for the county. I think it's not enforceable, he said, and I hope to have a conversation with our sheriff and prosecutor about it. Well, again, it's it wasn't. It sounds like the process. It sounds like the resolution that was passed wasn't meant to be enforceable because it's not directing the sheriff or the county prosecutor to take a particular stance. It is simply saying, use your discretion whenever possible uh, in enforcing these gun laws. So, yeah, I know it is constitutional. doesn't violate the separation of powers. Uh, and it is a sign from Eaton County. And again, Eaton County is just one of dozens of counties across the state of Michigan. Uh, that these laws are viewed as unpopular and unconstitutional and a violation of our fundamental rights. Not just our right to keep and bear arms, by the way. I would say our 14th Amendment rights. I'd say our Fourth Amendment rights. But now that the law's on the books, we'll see just uh, how fully enforced this will be in the uh, months to come. Uh, if, that is, uh, the courts don't put a halt to it before... It uh, even takes effect. All right, let's turn now to our uh, armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. Before we do that, however, I know you guys have definitely noticed the U.S. dollar continues to buy less, right? Last year, the average IRA and 401k balance fell by more than 20%. If we've learned anything from the past few years, it's that anything can and will happen. Well, here's something that may help, a gold IRA. Gold may be a great option for you. That's right, physical gold in your IRA. Many central banks are buying tons right now. So what does that tell you? Augusta Precious Metals is a gold IRA company that offers its customers the opportunity to invest in gold. You can call Augusta Precious Metals and learn how a gold IRA can help you. And if you've saved 100000 or more for retirement, call Augusta Precious Metals and get their free ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Tell them you heard it on our show, and they'll give you a free gold coin when you open a gold IRA. Contact Augusta, Augusta Precious Metals and diversify your retirement today. Call 855-222-4997. 855-222-4997. Again, Augusta Precious Metals at 855-222-4997. All right. So let's turn our attention to today's recidivist report. We'll start there with a case out of Texas. Guilty plea and probation for an armed robbery last year. Not just one suspect, but both suspects in a 2022 armed robbery, walking away with probation. Braden Lee Mullins, age 19, and 19-year-old Nicholas Eugenidas Brown II, charged by a grand jury in Hunt County, Texas last year, felony charges 
for uh, allegedly committing an armed holdup in uh, June of 2022. Mullins was scheduled to go on trial yesterday, but shortly before that trial began, he entered a guilty plea to the indictment, and uh, Judge Kelly Aiken accepted the plea and placed Mullins on 10 years of deferred adjudication probation, also gave him 250 hours of community service, as well as a $1,000 fine. Mullins' alleged conspirator in this armed robbery, uh, Nicholas Eugeniatus Brown II, had previously entered a guilty plea in February and received an identical sentence. Again, 10 years deferred probation, 250 hours of community service, and a $1,000 fine. There was a third defendant named in the indictments, but uh, according to the Herald Banner newspaper, the status of that third defendant has not been made public uh, as of now. Uh, Brown and Mullins were alleged in the indictments to have used a firearm during the commission of the theft of a male victim in June of 2022. It's not known whether the victim was injured during the reported robbery, but aggravated robbery in Texas is a first-degree felony, punishable upon conviction by a maximum sentence of 5 to 99 years in prison and an optional fine of up to $10,000. But rather than spend a day in prison, again, the judge in this case has sentenced these two armed robbers to a slap on the wrist, a don't do it again, because if you do, we'll uh, dangle that possibility of a decade behind bars over your head. But again, how many times have we seen these stories? Someone's placed on probation in lieu of a prison sentence, they violate their probation, and what happens? Their probation's extended, right? They get put on probation again. Double secret probation, maybe. But it is pretty rare for somebody to actually have their entire sentence imposed on them simply because they violate the terms of their probation. So I got to say, any tough talk coming from uh, Judge Aiken here about uh, the consequences if they screw up again, <sighs> likely to fall on deaf ears because the rhetoric from the bench doesn't match the reality in the criminal justice system. Today's Armed Citizen story also from the Lone Star State of Texas, Beaumont, Texas, where a uh, homeowner sh apparently shot a uh, burglar who is actively trying to break into the home. Uh, this happened over the weekend. The uh, burglary suspect apparently still recovering in the hospital, but police have uh, already got a warrant for his arrest just as soon as he gets out. Uh, Beaumont police got a report about a burglary in progress just after midnight on Friday. According to police, while officers were on the way, the homeowner shot the 43-year-old male suspected burglar who at that point had gained entry into the home. Beaumont police said when officers arrived, they found the suspect unresponsive in a large pool of blood inside the bathroom. A Beaumont police department officer instrumental in saving the suspect's life by using his tourniquet to render aid. Suspect taken to a local hospital again for treatment, still in the hospital as of Monday afternoon. Uh, once the suspect is released, he'll be uh, taken to the Jefferson County Jail, according to Beaumont police, where his bond has been set at $100,000. The uh, homeowner not expected to face any charges because, again, they were acting in self-defense. All right. Finally today, our good deed of the day. In the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. A uh, man who was able to come to the aid of a kidnapping victim, a young child, actually, uh, in uh, Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. A very tense situation. And honestly, you know, more of a uh, an unarmed citizen story than 
our typical good deed of the day, but this was so compelling, I had to share it anyway. So uh, this um, happened, I guess, on Sunday night. Um, according to CBS 12 in uh, South Florida, a, a stranger tried to kidnap her child while he was at the playground with his sister at an apartment complex in uh, Palm Beach Gardens. 37-year-old Joseph Gibson uh, is a resident of the complex. Police say that he was trying to leave with a four-year-old boy. Uh, according to the mom, her eight-year-old daughter tried to stop Gibson from grabbing the four-year-old. In the process, he ended up pushing the girl's head down. Uh, Daniel Glebenyak, who lives in the apartment complex, says there's a man in the playground with his shirt off, no shoes. Most of the residents had never seen him before, even though he lives in the complex. So we weren't sure who he was or what he was doing here. And really, bottom line was he put his hands on a few kids. Witnesses say that uh, the uh, stranger was mumbling, incoherent, stumbling around. Uh, Lee Hurley was there at the uh, playground. Says, you know, you could tell something wasn't right. He was being very, very aggressive with the kids. Well, when he ended up pushing the girl's head down, she started screaming. That caught the attention of the whole neighborhood, including a, a man named Lee Hurley, who was outside walking his dogs. Uh, Hurley said the gentleman had tried to leave the park after, you know, he was told that the cops were coming. He approached me and tried to do a little stance to attack me. So I had to hit him and put him down. Uh, Hurley socked the man, ultimately stopped him from getting away. He said, uh, thank God, the situation was taken care of very fast. Um, court records indicate that uh, Gibson was supposed to appear in court on Monday, but apparently uh, was still in the hospital. So that uh, had to be rescheduled. Quite the punch, apparently, from uh, Mr. Hurley. Uh, Gibson was arrested, now facing charges of false imprisonment of a child, cruelty towards a child, and resisting a police officer, denied bond, and uh, not allowed to have contact with the victim, witnesses, uh, anyone under the age of 18, or minor children. And again, in the right place, at the right time, willing able to do the right thing to help prevent the abduction of a child, Lee Hurley, there in uh, Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, we thank you for your very good deed. And uh, I never want to be on the receiving end of one of your punches, not after uh, hearing that this guy ended up in the hospital. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of uh, Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program, as always. I'm looking forward to being back with you again tomorrow. Hey, don't forget as well, on Wednesdays, you know, we have our VIP Gold live chat with uh, Ed Morrissey of Hot Air. If you are a VIP Gold member, you get to take part. So why not go to BearingArms.com slash subscribe and become a VIP or a VIP Gold member today. All you have to do is, uh, well, sign up. But if you use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, we're going to give you... Uh, Pretty significant savings on your VIP membership is our way of saying thanks for showing your support. We're also going to give you exclusive content, new stories and analysis you won't find anywhere else because your support does matter and it really does make a difference. So thank you again. And uh, hopefully I'll see you in that VIP Gold Live chat with Hot Air's Ed Morrissey tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, 1.30 Eastern is when we do it each and every week. But uh, be sure to check out BarryAndArms.com throughout the day. We've got you caught up on all of the latest segment of news and information. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe and be free.